and welcome to a boundary-establishing episode of We Only Look Thin. <laughs> I am Catherine Weigel, and I am one of your boundaried hosts. Wow. Uh, I have lost 150 pounds, and with me today is... Donald Weigel, also established within boundaries. <laughs> that rolls off the tongue. <laughs> yes, and I have lost a little over 100 pounds. Congratulations. And I'm here to tell you about it. Yeah, and today we are going to talk about boundary hunting. Yes. Uh, no Boba Fett needed. I've never seen the show Dog the Boundary Hunter, however. As we <laughs> or are, Dog the Bounty Hunter. As, as we are like to do, uh, we are going to talk about boundaries and hunting for them. Uh, and uh, but before and hey, that, uh, the, uh, this is also the return of the tip of the week. Tip of the week to you. Tip of the week to you, Tao. Tao. And the product of the Pow. week. We're back. We're back in business. Both Uh, are back after a a three-week hiatus uh, of our award-winning three-part series on how to get started. If you haven't heard it, please go back and listen to it now. It is amazing. It covers everything, and everyone is fixed now. Um, but Everyone is fixed. <laughs> but in case you're not fixed, in case you didn't hear it, listen to this episode. So this is going to be, uh, this episode is going to be chocked full of boundary establishing tips. Um, but first, we're going to start out with a tip of the week. Tip of the week to you. Tip of the week to you. Uh, well, so, Donald, what is the tip of the week? Uh, the tip of the week, and this ties into boundaries. Everything uh, we're going to talk about starts here. Yeah, um, is don't assign homework to other people. Now, and what do I mean by that, dear? Uh, you mean, this isn't, we're not talking about Mrs. Carberry in first grade assigning homework. No. Um, we are talking about giving other people homework and things to do and things to follow up on and taking their time and you feel perhaps like you're being generous, uh, you're sharing information, you're asking someone to join in the fun, yep. um, but oftentimes you're putting a burden on someone else. Yeah, so our episode is going to be about you know setting boundaries for yourself and why that's healthy and, and how that helps with the weight loss, but in the process of that, um, we want you to be cognizant of other people's boundaries and don't infringe upon them. So for example, uh, I have a few examples for you. Say, I would love to hear about say them. Say you have a you have a, a a child that is in the babysitting world. Maybe you say, "Hey, I told our neighbor that you would be happy to babysit for them tomorrow," mm. without previously consulting with them. You are giving someone homework. Yeah. Uh, or hey, you know what? I told my old work friend that. Uh, you lived in this neighborhood, and I told them that they could get in touch with you to find out all the best restaurants and places to stay and uh, t- tell you all about the traffic signs in yeah. the neighborhood. So I told them to give you a call. Wah, wah. And also Yelp exists. <laughs> um, and TripAdvisor. Uh, or if you're volunteering in school, hey, you know what? I told the teacher that uh, we would co-chair the carnival committee this year. Yeah. Giving somebody else homework without respecting yeah, you their boundaries. Yeah, you didn't ask that person if they would uh, co-chair with you. Yeah, or in my case, uh, I used to be a professional photographer. Someone would say, hey, you know what? Will you take our family picture? Just come over. It'll take 20 minutes. Yeah. It'll just take 20 yeah, just minutes. just take 20 minutes. Yeah. Take 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, we're easy. We're easy going. Yeah. I'm an easy going person. Uh, or this also happened. Uh, 
someone was hosting a, a baby shower for someone, and someone suggested, <laughs> hey, you know what? I think you should make a Waldorf salad for that party. Catherine had no idea how to make a Waldorf salad <laughs> or what was involved. It, but it's like giving someone else some chore that you think is easy because you you're not doing- You should make a Waldorf salad. You are not doing the work. Not just like make a salad and bring it over, but specifically a Waldorf, a Waldorf salad. salad. Yeah. If you have made a Waldorf salad, let us know about it. You'll be invited to the party. So the whole point here is be- cognizant of what you're asking of people and the fact that you know everybody's got their own stuff going on everybody's got their own boundaries they've got their own things to deal with try not to add to it try not to pile on try not to just assume somebody is going to do something and also when somebody says no try and be understanding of that yeah and we're going to talk a lot about that um i think it is very easy to see ways where you feel compromised or you feel taken advantage of. But conversely, we think, oh, like, well, I just asked my friend to call you. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Like, we don't look inside ourselves and see the homework that we're giving others. So it really does work both ways. Yeah. What's that quote you told me uh, not that long ago, uh, which is just occurring to me now? It's like, the easiest work is work that you don't have to do. Right. It seems like a breeze. Yeah. Uh, like when, when you're you, not the when one doing You're it. not the one who has to do it. Like uh, everything seems easy. <laughs> yeah. So, and that doesn't mean that you're not uh, a wonderful person with a generous heart and spirit, but just be so be, generous. Be cautious because so other people wonderful. might have boundaries also. So, that was our tip of the week. Tao! Tao, tip of the week to you, Donald. Tip of the week to you, darling. Thank you. No, the people couldn't see. I like I raised my arms in a flourish when I he said did, that. He did. He uh, did. I should make a gif out of it. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, we don't have any gifs, like personal gifs. Because we mostly just sit around losing weight yeah. without doing much, it just would, walking around. The gif would be like us walking or being on the rebounder. Yeah. And it would be like Keep doing stuff. Keep going. One moderately. <laughs> one step at a time. Calories in and yeah. calories out or something. Exactly. Uh so boundaries. It is a big issue. And we are going to go it is it is hunting season for boundaries. Yeah. So are we, we gonna cross some boundaries or establish some boundaries? We are going to or all of the above. We're gonna do it all. But I think um we're gonna take all of us right now. We're going in the Wayback Machine, and we're going to talk about where boundaries start. Um, and many of us maybe have uh, personalities in which maybe it started young. It started, you know, maybe maybe in high school, maybe before that. Donald, did you have a, a situation with a boundary that you'd like to share with our listening audience? Well, let me think. I wasn't prepared to talk about this, but uh, I'll think back to my childhood. Oh, yes, yes, there was a moment uh, that I can remember. Imagine Wham is playing on the radio as you're, as Donald was telling us. <laughs> I think this was Take actually pre, this was pre-Wham. Oh, boy, pre Probably like 80, 82 or something like that. Um, I was already trying to make some extra uh, um, money uh, mowing neighborhood lawns, and uh, I was doing our next door neighbor's lawn, and I think I was charging like five or seven dollars, something like that, to do it. And uh, another woman in the neighborhood said that you know she thought she was being overcharged for her lawn. And I asked her how much, and I don't remember. And I said, oh, boy, I'll do it for five bucks or, you know, whatever it was that I was charging before without ever seeing how big her lawn was. And then I went to to do it, and it was at least double the size of wah, the lawn that wah. I had been doing and possibly bigger than but that. And so it took, took at least twice as long to do. But I... 
I felt like I was obligated at that point and I didn't stick up for myself and I didn't say what I actually wanted. And so I just kept mowing the lawn for the rest of that summer for the $5 that was agreed upon. And now fast forward and he's still mowing that lawn I'm for five. Still mowing emotionally, that lawn. Yes. emotionally mowing that lawn for In $5. In my heart, I'm mowing that lawn well, and, and I'm I'm the one paying the price for it. <laughs> you, there was only one set of mower prints, and that was <laughs> That's yours. Right. That's um, right. <laughs> but um, I was uh, not that Donald asked me about my childhood, but oh, I'm going to tell hi, you. Oh, hi, darling. Do you have an example from your childhood? <laughs> Do I? I'm a very inquisitive person who wants to know all about you. So, it's uh, not just about he's me. He's so inquisitive. Yeah. Boy, nosy Nelly over there. Yeah. Um, so for me, I was uh, a people pleaser. Um, I wanted everyone to like me. I yeah. wanted, but I also didn't know how and to it set. didn't work. It didn't In work. In fact, out. the opposite happened. Nobody liked you. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoa, okay. This is feeding on my fears. Thanks, dude. Uh, I'm calling you dude. I'm calling you dude. Come on, Broheem. <laughs> so um, I, as a kid, was uh, babysitting, wanted to make some extra money, just yeah. like Donald. Uh, and uh, I didn't know what to charge. I didn't do any research. And I wanted people to like me. So yeah. I, I told uh, a woman... I would charge $1 an hour. And uh, I imagine her now uh, sort of doing this like evil, like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, for sure. She said, okay. And uh, so I went over to the house and she decided, she said, I'll be back in 12 hours. In my mind, she has the long, like sharpened fingernails, like in uh, Angel Heart. Yeah. Like Robert De Niro and Angel Heart as Uh, she's doing it. So uh, I did not stand up for myself. I did not say, you know what? That's a little much. I can do four hours for that much and then each additional hour. I didn't have any of that business acumen back then. So this woman was gone for 12 hours and I got 12 American dollars at the end. And that led you to get a degree in business later on so it it would never happen again. But it started back then. I wanted to please people. I wanted to take the easy road. I didn't establish any boundaries. uh, And... I spent many years not establishing boundaries. Uh, Again, I was uh, very into just staying out of the way and kind of being like, you know, I don't want to rock the boat and I don't want to tell people how I feel. And that led to resentment. Yeah. And that's really the the bottom line here. We're, We're talking about it is important to set boundaries for yourself because when you don't, Um, It leads to you feeling as if you're being taken advantage of. It leads to resentment. Um, It leads to anger and burnout. I have a, uh, there was a study done in 2016 where in our work or in our personal relationships, poor boundaries lead to resentment, anger, and burnout. That was from a study uh, written up by Nelson in 2016. Um, that I found on the interweb. Well, and if I hadn't changed my uh, life around, it might also be on my epitaph because I, and I've said this before, and I didn't have words for it then, but before I started this last time weight loss journey, I at 41 felt underpaid, undervalued, underappreciated, overworked, just everything was, I was a victim to everything in my life. And I thought that that was the way my life was. I thought it, I didn't think of it as a choice. I just saw it as fact. Yeah. And even in starting this, uh, this, this weight loss, I just started by not wanting to feel the way I felt. I was eating and drinking 
all the time to soothe my emotions and to buffer my emotions because I didn't feel confident enough to stand up for myself in any situation. Yeah, and this is why setting boundaries is important in terms of weight loss because not setting boundaries led to me constantly emotionally eating, trying to soothe myself with food, and that led to me gaining a whole bunch of weight. Way to go. Way to show them. But it really, I mean, at at the time uh, in, what was it, December, 2015 um, a couple there had been some layoffs at my job someone had quit we were moving offices and uh, at the time my boss said hey do all that work and you're also responsible for the office move uh, along, that's a reward along with person x uh, i'll just call them person x person x um, and person i x <laughs> i uh was totally overwhelmed by all of it and i just kept taking it on and taking it on and acting like a martyr and i didn't think i had a choice about a week into the uh, the office move uh, my boss called and said hey you know what person x said that they were too busy and they're not going to work on the office move anymore so it's your job yeah did i uh did i grouse did i say anything no i'm a team player i want to show people that i've got what it takes to be a team player yeah and it nearly ruined me like I'm, I'm not exaggerating here i was a ghost in a shell i'm like getting teary thinking about it like oh honey i just kept taking and taking and taking i didn't think i had a choice i felt that because someone else had established a boundary that i didn't have the right to establish a boundary i didn't ask for help and it got me into a position where i was literally eating and drinking uh, to soothe myself every night and I to the point where I could barely fit into my clothes and it never occurred to me in this you know the 25 years before that of trying to lose weight that my emotional eating had anything to do with my weight I just thought it was a circumstance and when I finally realized that boundaries were such a huge part of my emotional eating and my issue with weight once I started working on those boundaries my life got better. Yeah. The circumstances are the same. We I I mean, you know, work changes a little bit, but you know, we still have obligations. We've got family stress, we've got family tragedy, we've got, you know, work things going on, but the way we respond to those things now is different and it is still a work in progress. It is still something that I'm working on, but um today we're going to give you some some ideas of how to sort of look at boundaries, um how to start establishing them for your for yourself and um why they are so important in this weight loss journey venture. Yeah, setting boundaries is hard, but it's important to do it. Um I a great quote on the internet um givers need to set limits because takers rarely do Boom. and that was said by a woman named rachel welchin um and uh i would suggest we've given this tip before you know if you need to be reminded of that set it as your computer wallpaper set it as the wallpaper on your phone um as a reminder um that takers will not set the limits so you have to well and it's also not a taker's fault for 
taking what they want because they are asking for something. Yeah. And you are giving it to them. Yeah. They are an adult and they are advocating for what they want. You have to be an adult. No one is going to advocate for you. You can't expect somebody else to. So it, you have to do it. And it's really hard. It is really hard for me. I am still working on it. I am still learning to do it. Um, it is a, a daily process that I am still trying to master, and I am a long way from getting there, but I'm a lot better than I used to be. Well, and I think it can happen in personal relationships. It can happen with family. It can happen with friends, work situations. So much of our life, and I'm if you're listening to this and you have uh, issues with food, I bet that there are times when you have soothed yourself with food yeah. and times when you have said yes, when in your heart you meant no, when you decided to be a victim of the circumstance, when you thought if you didn't do it, nobody would do it. It wouldn't get done. And if and you're kind of like, I used to be a martyr. Yeah. I, I hated my position, but I also sort of regaled in the being the most put upon, overworked, underpaid victim, 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 because it meant I got to use food um, as my uh, as my crown. My yeah, food I'm, a, crown. I'm a big time emotional eater, and um, I used to use all of these stresses as, as an excuse to eat. And recognizing that I was doing that was a big part of it, but also um, realizing that I'm not a victim in my own life. There are definitely circumstances that are beyond my control, but really it's, you know, most of it is within my control and how I stand up for myself, how I set limits in my life is really up to me. Well, and I too, um, if you follow the Gretchen Rubin uh, Four Tendencies model, she talks about outer expectation or expectation for getting things done. And I identify as an obliger, which means that when other people are relying on me, I am uh, very likely to get things done uh, because I feel obligated to to live up to someone else's need. I want to be liked. I want to be appreciated. Um, but there's also something called obliger rebellion where you give and give and give so much and take on so much that you just sort of shut down at some point. And that's back in December of 2015, I was shutting down and I was using food and alcohol to do to do that. And I was in such a depressive state that I was no good to anyone. Yeah. I wasn't a good mother. I wasn't a good friend. I wasn't a good employee because I resented everyone. And if you are carrying around resentment, it is oftentimes a choice because we compromise ourselves and we compromise our own needs in some conditions we can't manage it but we're going to we're going to talk about some things uh, i think we both have some tips of sort of how to start creating some boundaries for yourself uh, in a in a healthy way because it yeah. really does affect every part of your life one of the things to keep in mind is that you know no one is going to give you a reward for this like the, the rewards are eternal. They are rewards you are giving yourself. And that's one of the things that makes it so difficult. Like when you say no to somebody, they're not going to say, bravo for standing up to me. It's not going to be like the slow clap, like at the end of the movie. Exactly. Mr. But, Mullen's opus. but um, one of the tips I would give is ask yourself if the potential conflict for standing up for yourself is, is really worth the resentment that you're going to feel for being taken advantage of, for having somebody step across that boundary all the time. And w what I mean is, you know, is standing up for yourself going to cause you more grief than 
how you're going to feel if you don't stand up for yourself. And if the answer is no, then it is important for you to go ahead and stand up for yourself and set that boundary and ask for what you actually want or need. Well, and I think there are entire books on boundaries, and there's different kinds. At work, there are times when we can't say 100% no to our boss, but we can at least speak our needs. Right. And I, what I should have done back then was to say, this is too much for me to do on my own, and we need to find another person to help out in place of person X. Um, but I made myself the victim of circumstance, and that was not healthy. And no. what would be the worst thing that my boss would do? Would would they flog me? Would they fire me? No, they'd probably just say, you know, we don't, ha- we can't spare anyone. Yeah. And at least then I would know. But sitting with that resentment and anger was not healthy for anyone, um, least alone uh, my family, because I brought all the work stress home with me. And a lot of times too, and I do this, I internalize things. And one, um, One big tip and suggestion is to know your limits. A lot of times we don't know why we're mad about something because we're so used to taking things on that we don't even really identify what our issues are. Um, You need or it would be helpful for you to think about your physical limits, your emotional limits, mental, political, spiritual. What are you willing to compromise on and what are you not? And it all is circumstantial. It's not like you have this big, you know, Ten Commandments of like, I will not do this. But if someone says like, oh, will you help me move this weekend? You're like, well, I've got a really bad back, but they're my friend and I better do it. And it'd be terrible to say no because they helped me 20 years ago when I moved in from college. Like knowing your physical limit. Knowing your emotional limits, if someone is is a, is needing a lot of emotional attention from you, can you give that? Yeah. Does it drain you? Does it make you want to eat? Really start thinking about different ways that you absorb other people's um, energy and their needs while compromising yourself. Yeah, clearly defining what your boundaries are is really the first step in this. And it may seem obvious, but sometimes it's really hard to just even figure out, well, what is my limit? Why am I feeling resentful and burned out uh, at this situation? Like, what what is pushing me to that um, point? And really defining what your boundary is, is the main first step in this. Yeah. And I think it starts with what is making you feel uncomfortable. There are times when someone uh, will say, hey, can I borrow your, you know, your saute pan? And you say, sure, why not? And then someone else says, oh, hey, can you, you know, join me on the committee at school that's going to take all these extra hours on top of everything else that you're doing? That's sort of privately said. Yeah. And then you hear you, you hear yourself go, yeah, I can do that. Like without, you know, you don't want to disappoint someone. You want to seem like a team player. But when you start feeling uncomfortable, that's when stepping back. And we're going to give you some tools too later on on how to implement this in a real way. Uh, because not everyone is going to respect your boundaries. Not every people are going to take no. what they want to take. Uh, they're going to pressure you, whether it's food. Come on, have an extra donut. Or come on, join the committee. Or like, we're relying on you. If you don't do this, like... None of that is your responsibility, but we feel like we've got to take it on. Yeah, and that's that's one of the tips I have is like expect people to cross your boundaries, like expect violations. Don't be surprised when it happens because a lot of people aren't going to know what your boundaries are, and a lot of times you you haven't explained them to them to you haven't explained the boundaries, and even if you have, a lot of people are still going to try and push 
Um, so you've got to be ready for that. And you've got to, um, you got to have predefined consequences in mind. Like what is going to happen? Um, are you going to, you know, simply just tell that person again? Are you going to, you know, decide not to be in a relationship with that person? Are you going to, um, go so far as to just cut them out of your life? Like you have to decide, like, what are the consequences when somebody does violate your boundary? Because it is going to happen. Well, and two, for me, tuning into your feelings of discomfort and resentment. We feel taken advantage of when people prey on our sympathies, uh, our time, money, our generosity, our good nature. Uh, You know, you're a team player. You don't want to rock the boat. There are all these ways that we internalize our feelings and don't share. And when we don't share, nobody can guess how we're feeling about something. If you say yes, they assume yes. If you say yes, but what you really mean is, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're asking me this again. They're doing it all the time. And, you know, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. They can't guess that. No, yes. then, then, you know, it becomes your fault. And, and set, I do this all the time. Yeah, or, I do too. I have a real problem, like, because I'm in the movie and TV, TV business, people ask me to read their scripts all the time, even though I have, you know, nothing to do with creatively, you know, uh, okay. I'm anything. the president of movies. Yes, I read the, your script. Yeah, I have nothing to do with the creative side of the business, but I still get asked all the time. And I have a real problem saying no. And it's been really hard for me to stand up for myself, but I've gotten much better at saying no to that sort of thing. Um, but understand that if if you don't say no, if you don't tell people, then it's it's on you. Like you are an adult, you're a grown up, and no one is going to advocate for you except for you. And so you need to get better at it. Well, and I think Gretchen Rubin talked about almost acting like your own secretary. Like, well, you know, Catherine can't do that right now because she has obligation <laughs> X, Y, and Z. Let but me check Catherine's calendar and see if Catherine can. Oh, no, no, no. Catherine <laughs> yeah, don't is far talk too busy. about yourself in the third person. Yeah. But it's that being direct, which is very difficult for me because I don't want to disappoint people. I don't want to be left out in the cold. Um, so I compromise myself. But being direct, instead of saying, maybe, or, oh, sure, this one time, or, well, okay, I'm sure I can figure it out. Like, all of those tentative words tell people, yes, like, yes, it's okay, and yes, you're okay with it. But all of that is our sort of resentment words. Um, When you're direct with people, people ask direct questions, and we feel like we can't be direct back. And this can be in big work things or just – like small daily asides or, you know, relationship issues that you have with your friends or family. Um, Even like Donald at work or whatever, like he is eating well, and this is a very small thing. Yeah. Maybe he's eating a big salad and someone at work says, wow, you're going to eat all that. Yeah. Or like, Wow, that's all you're reading? Like- yeah, for sure. And the and the flip side of that, and, and one of, you know, I'm going to segue into my next tip is be very consistent. Um, you know, don't, don't bend or break under different circumstances, especially with the same people. And um, how that ties into what we were just talking about, there are food pushers at work everywhere. Um, and I have people constantly, you know, hey, you know, the craft service guy's got nacho bar today. Hey, come the, on. yeah, come on. Why come don't you do it? And, you know, I have to consistently say no and and be consistent about no, I, I you know, I don't want to eat that. I don't, I'm not hungry right now. Like whatever it is that I have to say. Um, but 
not bending your rules under different circumstances. And eventually people do get it. They do catch on and they realize, you know, you know, there are people who have stopped asking me because they realize I'm not going to eat those things. But then there are people like uh, family members who, you know, it, and we're not going to fix every single circumstance and problem in this episode but family members who will say things like "Ooh, you're eating that i thought you were on a diet yeah or like boy you really need to lose weight but i made you some homemade bonbons like you get mixed messages from people yeah and as a grown-up we have to decide how we're going to respond to those things um but being assertive without being aggressive, I think, is a is a fine skill. I am still figuring it out myself, and there are some battles I'm ready to have, and yeah. other battles that I'm not ready to have. And uh, and again, we're going to give some some tips on on how to manage that later. Um, another uh, big thing is giving yourself permission to have boundaries. A yeah. lot of times, we don't feel like we deserve them. Um, Again, we fear rejection, judgment, scorn, guilt. We don't deserve to have boundaries. Like, oh, their their problems are bigger than mine. Why why should I say no when someone asks me to help them move? Like, you know, that would be rude. But people are just going to ask questions and tell their needs. And you have the ability to tell your needs, which is, no, that's not going to work for me. Or I'm going to have to check back with you on that. Like, it's okay to deserve boundaries for yourself. Because you're saying, when you say no to someone else, you're saying yes to your own um, self-worth, your time, your energy, uh, your your emotional boundaries. It, it all matters. Yeah, it's very, very important for self-care to, to do this. Um, and also get used to it. Like, it's not like you just can one day set all your boundaries and then be done with it. It's not like a one time, like, you know, you put up a road sign and suddenly everybody's like, oh, I get it. They you know, have boundaries. They have boundaries. You're, you know, I'm not going to cross them now. Like, you have to set your boundaries and then you have to be prepared to defend them uh, over and over and over again. Um, you know, whether that is, you know, your time whether it's pushing food on you, whether it's getting you to do things that you don't actually want to do. Um, and you have to be prepared to stand up for yourself over and over again. So get used to it. Yeah. And it's not a one and done, even with a particular person. Um, I have uh, some some big family issues, some little family issues. And it has been really hard for me to sit back and decide what role I play in the resentment that I feel. And uh, there was a circumstance uh, a few years ago, it shall remain nameless, where, <laughs> uh, where I wanted something. And I just assumed people would know what I wanted because they could read my mind. Right. Be because in my history, someone had done this for me, and I just assumed that someone would do it for me in turn. And I carried physical resentment. Like, I felt nauseous. I knew it was time for me to ask for what I needed. And it felt like every fiber in my body just wanted to eat instead of cope with the situation. Yeah. And, and that sadly is what we do. Or, you know, when I say we, I mean, Catherine and I. Oh, I don't, me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, when I don't get what I want, what I need, and I feel these feelings of anger and resentment, I turn to food to soothe myself. Well, and I've gotten much better at not doing that, but the urges are still there. Well, and in this particular situation, I finally, uh, I, I was in the Half Size Me community, and Heather Robertson in that community uh, 
talked about boundaries. She had an episode on boundaries, and it made me realize how important that was to me. And I, uh, I managed to ask the family member for the thing I wanted, and it took me about four days to build up the courage. I felt nauseous for three of the days. Yeah. I felt shaky. My heart rate was fast. And then guess what? I asked for what I wanted, and the person said, oh, yeah, sure. And that was it. And I spent yeah. 41 years not asking for what I wanted because I was afraid of what? That they were going to throw a chair at me for, like, asking for something? Like, and it it gave me some serious relief. I felt like my needs had been addressed. Yeah. I was honest. And the person could have just as well said no, but – then it would have just been, okay, I asked and they said no, which is also someone's right. They don't have to say yes to you just because you're speaking your need. And, and Donald just mentioned that. But it was such a relief to go, oh, the world did not end. It yeah. didn't cause World War Three. And that is a big lesson that I've learned that like nine times out of 10, my anticipation about asking what I, for yeah, what I want Yeah, the arguments you have in your head. Far worse. I was telling Catherine this uh, recently. It just happened a couple of days ago at work. Um, uh, somebody at work um, really wanted something and they came in and about 30 seconds into asking for it, my boss said, yes, fine, you deserve that. But it was obvious that this person had, you know, had practiced a speech yeah. and felt, you know, felt like they really had to get all of the reasons out. And so they spent another, you know, close to 10 minutes, like explaining, even though my boss had already said, yes, you know, you can have what you want. Um, you know, he, he felt like he really had to get the whole argument out. And so I think that I do that a lot. Like I, I feel over like explain. over explain. And also, you know, I build up this whole thing about having to come up with all of these arguments and reasons. And, you know, a lot of the time people just say, oh, okay, I get it, you know, and it doesn't happen every time. And, you know, I won't promise that it will, but it's certainly been my experience that a lot of the time I make the asking much worse than it actually ends up being. Well, and two, I think for me, I the amount or the number of conversations I have in my head that are negative yeah. about it, and the like. I know we talk about Seinfeld all the time, but George uh, is in a situation where he he leaves a meeting and someone has said something and he didn't have a good comeback, <laughs> yeah. and then like two hours later, he's like, "The jerk store called, and they're all out of you." Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Our, he thinks of the perfect response much later. Well, and I think for me, because I am a jokester. Uh, I, I come back with these snarky remarks and going back to the being direct, there are plenty of times when you want to respond with, you think I have time for that? Like you ask a doofy question or, Hey, the jerk store called. Yeah. And instead of just going, you know what? I don't have time for that. Like, and that's it. I don't have to explain my life story. I don't have to justify myself. And no, neither does anyone else. It's okay to have that boundary. But that that instinct to be snarky or passive aggressive or that confirmation bias where then you go to your colleagues at work and be like, oh, boy, like, I need this, but there's no way that, you know, Sally's going to approve it. Right. And you build up this, like, story of being a victim. That's Sally. That, never approving stuff. Um, But I think we, we build up all of this negative energy. And there are times when your boss is just going to say no. And it doesn't mean that they're out to get you and that, you know, they're out to ruin your life. Yeah. Sometimes no your, is just Your no. boss, your spouse, your, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, your, your family member, your sibling, your parents, like... There are going to be times when people just say no, but it is worth 
sticking up for yourself and asking for what you need. Yeah. And I think I being able to identify yourself, I always saw myself as the caretaker, the family fixer, um, the, you know, the, the level-headed one that was able to take on the stress of other people. And that turned into food and that turned into alcohol. Yeah. And it was doing no one any favors to Except be- Except the food and alcohol companies yeah. who were making money. But, you know, you think of yourself, oh gosh, I got to be a team player because if I'm not, then my boss isn't, you know, going to promote me or I've got to take this on or I've got to give more and more and more. And the people with healthy boundaries have time, like I've joked about this before. I had a colleague who would run five miles in the morning before work and he would show up maybe 20 minutes late. And I was so resentful. I was like, oh, fine, boy, if I was able to be that late, then I could run five miles. And and that's why, you know, I I wouldn't be 300 pounds if I ran five (laughs) miles in the morning. Yeah. When this guy was living his own life, taking his own consequences, like making it happen for himself. And when I finally realized that like, I have the power to create my own life for myself. And maybe if I got up earlier and stopped watching Seinfeld reruns until 11 o'clock, I could run a couple miles in the morning. But I made myself the victim instead of the champion. Yeah. And uh, which brings me to my final tip. Uh, I think Catherine has a lot more to say. But my final tip is um, don't blame others for violating your boundaries. Um, People don't know what they are unless you tell them. And even when they do, um, people still have their own stuff going on. Look, basically, I know we don't like to admit it. Basically, we're all very self-centered and um, people don't oftentimes realize anything beyond what they want and need. And so you can't blame them when they violate the boundaries and you have to then reassert yourself and stick up for yourself when it happens. Well, and to... I think we value acceptance over our own needs. Yeah. We just want to, you know, we don't want to rock the boat. Oh, you know, I don't want to fight with anybody. And oftentimes it's not about a fight. It's just being your authentic self. And that's not going to be agreeable to everyone because you always seem so easygoing. Like, what's the big deal with, you know, suddenly you're talking about what you need. Um, But it is a moment to moment practice, like Donald said. And further, Imagine someone else in your life, someone you've known for 20 years, who comes to you and says, you know what? I've been carrying this resentment for 20 years, yeah. and now I'm going to tell you about it. And, you know, back in seventh grade, you, you know, took my pencil sharpener, and then you took, you know, Barry to the dance instead of me or whatever. If you if you find a person who is suddenly after 20 years going to lay all of the injustices out on you, like you'd be like, what is happening right now? You have been holding on to this for 20 years. That is poisonous. And it poisons a whole relationship by compromise after compromise after compromise. And even if a relationship, you don't agree on everything, if you just speak your needs as you go, it doesn't build up. I used to do that all the time. I would be so resentful if someone didn't, you know, set up the party the way they were supposed to or didn't guess that I was overwhelmed or didn't guess that I needed help with whatever. And it is poison. Yeah, it's like a pressure cooker. You have to open that steam valve a little bit from time to time, or else eventually it's just going to explode. 
Well, and I think, too, we've talked about the Brene Brown book, The Gifts of Imperfection. Good I have to book, say it everyone. slowly because I want it to be the gifts of imperfection. Like, you know, those the funny gifts of, the in- gifts of imperfection. Perfection, yeah. Um, but she talks about being your authentic self. And the more authentic we can be, the more we can speak our minds in a sensitive way. We're not talking about being a bull in a china shop, but just starting in small ways to assert our own needs and to share our vulnerabilities with the right people. Not everybody needs to hear everything we have to say, but a lot of times we're so quiet and we're so... um, we take so much in and don't share that we don't even know how to share our feelings. It can feel like too confronting to actually talk to someone face to face or on the telephone and tell them what we need. So we're going to, um, we're going to talk about some, some ways that you can start adding boundaries into your life. Um, because you don't want to start with suddenly like an intervention, you know, you're quiet as a mouse for 20 years and then uh, you're like, all right, I got everything to tell to everybody all at once. Like, here it comes. <laughs> Catherine and Donald told me to make a list, and I'm making a list. Like, we're not. We're, and you're all going to hear about you're it. You're all going to hear about it. The airing of grievances. <laughs> um, so. It's another Seinfeld reference. It is. Um, so, I have a bunch of tips. Do you want to start with a tip or. Uh, no, it's all you. It's all me. Okay. So, this is where you start. Um, I feel like I've been given my tips throughout the episode. Oh, I'm just starting out. Okay. So the the big tip is start small. That's it. Start small. Yeah. So think about all the times that you've gone out to a restaurant and something has been delivered cold, like the, you know, the mashed potatoes are cold or you order a drink and the soda water is flat and yeah, you don't want to rock the boat and it's not going to say anything. I'll just eat it. Like I, I'm really guilty of this, like not asking for what I want at a restaurant. Think about all the times when you don't assert yourself in a, you know, in a transaction, maybe start, small by just going, you know what, the next time that my order is incorrect, or I don't get the right dressing, or, you know, whatever is warm. There's not enough ice in my drink, or there's too much ice in my drink. Just say, pardon me, Um, I wanted ranch dressing, not French dressing. That's it. Please, could you replace that? It doesn't mean that, you know, people are going to spit in your food. You're just, oh, you know what? The server wants you to get what you want because then you get a bigger tip. Like, everybody wins. It's not not fatal. And I still do this and have to remind myself that it is important to get what you ask for. You don't have to be rude about it and snap your fingers and, you know, ask to speak to the manager. But just start with uh, with transactions. Yeah, and it's just like everything else we talk about on this show. It's like you don't have to go from zero to 100 miles an hour instantly like you can slowly build up you know you just increase your speed one mile an hour at a time until eventually you're at where you need where you want it's just like we talk about with food just like we talk about with exercise like slowly build these things up yeah and uh, one thing i learned from half size me and heather was the notion you don't have to say yes on the spot to so much of your life. Um, yeah. Oftentimes, you know, it, it might be different whether it's at school or with family things uh, or at your job. But oftentimes you can just say, you know what, I'm going to need to look at my calendar first and I will get back to you. And that gives you the space and time to step back, 
assess your day. It doesn't mean that if you had just planned on being at home and puttering around that afternoon. Yeah, that's a good one. You don't have to have a good excuse to say no. But what you can say, you can say, you know what, I'm going to need to look at my calendar. You can then send a text or an email or call and say, you know what, that's not going to work out for me. Or you could just say, I need to check with my social secretary. Yeah, then you sound fancy. But so many times we feel like we need to answer immediately to something. So if you can step back for a minute Compose yourself, figure out um, what your needs are, because maybe you're just tired. Maybe you've had a long week. Maybe you've got a busy weekend ahead. You don't have to have a full calendar to say no. You can just say no, and you don't have to over-explain yourself or come up with fake excuses. Just say, you know what? That's not going to work for me. So that is a big one. Yeah. Um, Another one is there are a lot of times when we're in in situations where we're – at a dinner table with uh, with family and something comes up and it's something that makes us uncomfortable or uh, a work situation or a school situation. Yeah. It is okay. Even with your kids, if something comes up and it's a big issue, you can say, you know what? I'm going to need to step back from this and assess my feelings for a little while yeah. and step back from it. You don't have to jump into an argument. You don't have to jump in to defend yourself. This happened to me recently where I jumped into the deep end. It did not go well. My my heart rate got crazy. I was short of breath. Yeah, I did um, the same thing. I felt kind of sick to my stomach. And I didn't take the time to just go, you know what? This isn't going to go well. Let's stop talking yeah, right we, now. Yeah, we oftentimes don't make our best decisions when uh, in the heat of the moment. And um, we talked about this recently with, you know, a tip for food is, you know, give yourself uh, give yourself 10 minutes, you know, set a timer and decide, like, is this really what I want to do? Do I really want to eat this? Uh, or am I just doing it as part of the momentum, as part of my emotional eating, as part of my compulsive eating? Um And it works the same with setting boundaries. Yeah. And so just saying, you know, hey, uh, this makes me uncomfortable. I'm going to need to step away or we're going to need to talk about this at another time because I need to really consider my thoughts. A lot of times in the moment when I'm angry or resentful about something, I don't even know what I'm maddest or most angry about. Like, is it that someone is wasting my time? Is that somebody is a taker and keeps asking things of me and never being there uh, reciprocally for me? Yeah. Um, Figuring out why I'm upset about something I need a lot of time to process. It could be days before I come back with my, hey, the jerk store called uh, response. Um, but, <laughs> but that's not, that snarky thing is a defense mechanism. Um, what people deserve and what you deserve is an honest answer. Like, you know what? That makes me feel very uncomfortable. I'm not interested in talking about politics with you. You know what? I don't want to talk about my childhood right now. Whatever it is, like it is okay to just step back and say this isn't the time for me. Yeah, I don't I don't want to tell you all of the reasons why I don't want that food that you're offering me. Like, you know, I I don't have to tell you all of those things. Um and uh I would like to figure out if reciprocally is actually a word. Yeah, that's I, something I would like to step back I, and figure I out. I stuttered on that. I uh, I apologize in advance. It might be a word. We'll have to look we'll have to google it. Yeah. There we go. Um, if it's a word, we want to hear about it. <laughs> so, another tip is to write down your thoughts about a situation. Why were you angry? 
what happened? What role did you play in it? Did you were you accusing someone else of something? Was there a better time to get something done? Really stepping back and figuring out the who, what, when, and why of how you're feeling is critical to being an adult and yeah. to not eating emotionally. And did it lead to you eating something that you didn't actually want, but you were trying to soothe yourself with food? Like making that connection is huge. Yeah. And if, like I said, if talking to someone about how you're feeling doesn't work, it's okay to put something down in an email and then go back and edit it. In the moment is maybe not a great time to rage uh, text or rage email someone, but, <laughs> but sit back, put something in your draft folder and just get it out there. Hey, you know what? I realized that this is upsetting me because when I was a kid, this happened. Or you know what? I feel like I'm overextending myself right now. And 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 what you said to me made me feel marginalized yeah. or second guessed. Um, so it's okay to step back um, and it's hard to talk to some people. Some people are not going to agree with you and are going to call you names and are going to tell you, you know, that your needs aren't valid. You don't have to believe any of that just because someone doesn't. And, you know, it's not every single situation is going to end in like a, you know, a, a happy ending credits rolling. Yeah. Life happens and un un unrolls itself. But it feels so much better when you're like, you know what? I stood up for myself. I told somebody what I needed. And guess what? I didn't turn to alcohol or food. To make myself feel better. Yeah, and again, sometimes it is more important to take care of your health and your well-being than it is to take care of others. And I know that's really hard for some of us to do. Like, some of us just want to give, give, and give. But um, it's okay to take care of yourself. And learning that is an important step in the right direction. Yeah. So I have just a, a couple more brief ones, um, and uh, I think we'll be done for the day. But notice the boundaries of others. Are other pe are you trying to push other people? Do you see people with healthy boundaries? What example are they setting? And that goes back to our tip of the week about not giving other people homework. Yeah. Um, but seeing how other people stand up for themselves, it seems effortless when they do it. It seems like hard and you want to barf when you do it. Right. Um, but it takes practice and starting small. Work with, that you don't have to do seems easy. It applies to all things. It does. Um, another one was in instead of saying I don't have time because then you feel like it's a judgment on how you're spending your time, you can say that's not a priority for me right now. Yeah. I, I was on committees at school and I was room mom and I was on the governance council and I was shutting down our office and moving sure offices were. and it did no one any good because I was angry and resentful and uh, shot daggers in people's eyeballs. Um, so think about saying it's not a priority for me right now. Um, another, and I think this is kind of the, the big one, is when you say no to someone else, you're saying yes to yourself. You're saying yes to your time, your emotional energy, your boundaries, your personal space, your self-care. And if I just never, it never occurred to me that boundaries had to do with my weight loss. Yeah. Like it was, I was probably four or five months in before it kind of hit me. And well, so that's why we're doing this episode. Yeah. So it all, it all comes together. It all factors in how you treat yourself, how you respect your space. Our lives are the same as they were three years ago. We have the same family. We have the same jobs. We have stresses that change uh, seasonally. And yeah, and getting to our goal weights didn't make all of that go away. It didn't fix everything. No, but I used to think that people who were positive 
I thought it was some gimmick. I thought that they were drinking some Kool-Aid and my life, but well, you know, if they had my life, then they'd see, you know, what real pain is like. And that's why I'm this and this and this. I am a much more positive person now. I don't know if I'm the most, I'm still snarky as all get out, (laughs) but finding a way to be honest with people and direct and to speak your needs, whether other people validate them or not, is has been critical to this journey for me. And I think it has improved our relationship also. Yeah, for sure. The more we're able to set boundaries with our daughter, each other, our families, and all of that matters in weight loss. And it matters in your mental health, your physical health, uh, because it manifests in ways we don't even realize. We're holding on to tension and anger and resentment. And that builds and builds and builds over time. And it could end in an explosion or ghosting people, which yeah. I've also done, where like suddenly I'm not talking to someone and they don't know why, uh, because I've, I've, I have felt so exploited by them. The grown-up thing to do is maybe tell people how you feel. Uh, so yeah. we're still working on it. I am still working on it. For sure. And I think that that is an important lesson, that it is going to require work and it is a constant battle to get better at it, but it's worth it. Yeah. So, and, and it, it is, it is very worth it and it has been worth it to us. So, um, way to go. Way to set a boundary. Way to go to set a boundary with you. Yeah. Think of it as boundary hunting. All right. Uh, we are, uh, quickly approaching the, uh, one hour mark Woo! in this episode. So, uh, but we promised a product of the week. So, pow, pow! product of the week to product you. Product of the week to you. So, part of my feeling like a victim in the world and like I was being taken advantage of by my employers, my family, and consumer markets. I can't wait to see where you're going with uh, this. It, so, our, uh, our product of the week. Tying in to me being a victim of society is fruit and vegetable wash. <laughs> fruit and I'm really waiting to see how you're tying it in. <laughs> so um, I saw fruit and vegetable wash at Trader Joe's and at stores. They have different brands of them, but Trader Joe's. Can yeah, I'll say link fruit to some in the show and notes. Vegetable wash, and I thought it. Someone just wanted to trick me out of four dollars. Yeah. I thought it was glorified water in a bottle that they were trying to pawn off on me for washing the vegetables. I got a tap. I can just tap the water and it's fine and i'll just rinse it off um a few weeks i don't know maybe a couple of months ago i was like you know what i'll see if this product works like i don't know it was like uh squeeze the charmin commercial or something yeah. and i i washed some cherry tomatoes and a few apples in a in a little clear white uh glass bucket thing or uh tupperware and wouldn't you know it if the water was black as coal yeah. when the there's <laughs> a lot of unseen dirt on there um, but, but I thought it was a gimmick. It's not a gimmick. Wash your vegetables. But really, the point is is not the germophobia that we're about to spread. Um, but for me, at least, it's like you you fill kind of a basin with the wash. Um, yeah, and a big bowl. Big or bowl, a... whatever. And you allow your fruit and veggies to sit in there, and then they are pre-washed. And this eliminates a barrier to eating them yeah it makes it much easier and more convenient and um you do this you know or we tend to do it on the weekend and then the stuff's just ready to go for the week and we just it's grab and go at that point you don't have to actually stop and wash something before you eat it you just take it and pop in your mouth yeah so i've got uh i've got washed potatoes i have i have delicious washed apples crispy apples in washed cherry tomatoes all all those good things are just ready to go um so it is not a big 
veggie wash that is trying to steal all of our money. No. Vegetables. I, I heard somewhere like 20 different people touch your strawberries before you buy them or whatever. Like, don't just assume it's it's not the five second rule. It's like the five month rule. Yeah, don't yeah. do it. So uh, wash those veggies and the fruits uh, because we're better for it. We are better for it. And you're now also, you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're also better for listening to this program, and you can find us at weonlylookthin.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at weonlylookthin. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at weonlylookthin. You could also email us, uh, weonlylookthin at gmail.com, and we do respond. Um, and we would also really appreciate if you would take some time, if you got something out of this, um, please take a moment to go to iTunes and write and review us. Just a quick, could be anything, like, these guys are great, um, these guys changed my life, they're an inspiration, like, I'm just throwing out some so ideas. I'm just, you know, yeah, so good looking. Ooh, we're at yeah. 199 ratings right now. Mm, mm, will you be 201? You could be 200. 201, yes, exactly. I know, it's an off number, but uh, yeah. But thank you to everyone who has uh, rated and reviewed and commented. Uh, we've been we getting lots of emails recently. We're changing lives. and But you know what? You're changing your own life. Yes. Uh, it is you that's doing the work. Um, so you should be proud of yourself. Yeah. If you don't know a personal boundary from a yard boundary, just remember that Donald and I are an, an inspiration. Asian, Asian. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.